Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Husmo Black Forum. Here we do it bigger, we do it better, we do it longer, and out of necessity, we'll do it louder than anyone out here. So relax. Here's your host, Husmo Black. Hosting us and 
serving the people. And uh, we are honored to be here in his church and want him to be an integral part of the leadership of Nash Action Network. Give Reverend McMichael a good one. One of the things that I think is, is ended up being providential is last year when we started these social justice conferences, uh, I said last night that many people were saying around the country as we challenge the whole removal of social justice from the preachings and teachings of many of the high-profile black preachers of last year, they said, well, we're beyond race. We're past that. Uh, y'all are talking about the 60s. Y'all are back in the day. And we met anyway. The first meeting in Dallas at Freddie Hayes Church was uh, an overflow crowd, and we went on to Augusta, Georgia, and on to Indianapolis. Little did they know that 07 would be the year of Ibis and Gina Six. Nobody's questioning whether race is still in the forefront. And it is almost as like God got us ready to build the foundation for what was to come. Because had we not built that infrastructure, we wouldn't have been able to do Gina or Ibis. The fact that we were in place all over the country with black churches meant that we could mobilize more quickly than anyone had been prepared to do. I remember when Martin Luther King III and I had uh, went into Gina the second time and decided to call the September 20th march, and then Michael Basin got on. On a conference call one night, uh, uh, the chairman and I with our national board members, Freddie Haynes and Jeff Johnson and Dwight Jones and Tucson and others, we raised the initial money for the march on one conference call. And had we not been structured, that could not have happened. And that's why you got to do what God leads you to do, even if it doesn't look like it's popular right then. And some of the preachers that were talking all over TV about being beyond race ended up having to slip in the genus sideways themselves. <laughs> because that's what movements do. Movements yeah. make you have to adjust. Right. And when you have a movement, the whole thing has to readjust around that. Because people don't want to hear about your new Mercedes when their kids get locked up. People not impressed with your private jet if you ain't landed nowhere. And that is what we've been able to do this year, but it began last year. And I think that that is why we've got to keep destruction going. Just like now, Martin and, 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 and uh, Charles Steele and, and many of us announced yesterday, we're going to Washington November 16th. Because you can't stop at G. The fight has been, and we laid it out at the first social justice conference at Friendship West in Dallas. This is a fight that started since this nation started. A, not only with chattel slavery, but whether or not this country was going to be controlled by the states or by a centralized government. That's what the Civil War was all about. And what we're looking at is states' rights versus a federal government. Louisiana said we'll handle it in our state. We don't have a hate crime for nuisance for juveniles. We're saying the federal government, but you've got to protect federal law. We're saying, Florida's saying, well, the boot camp thing, that's a Florida thing. Georgia's saying, well, Janalo Wilson, that's a Georgia thing. That's states' rights. And many of us that are in the pulpit don't understand we are not fighting conservatives. We're fighting Confederates. Uh, 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 
slavery, under states' rights. That's how they kept segregation under states' rights. The only thing that protects us is a centralized federal government that's held accountable. That's why we've got to take the fight to Washington. I just tell Freddie Hayes, people say to me, why haven't the federal government done anything? The question is why we haven't demanded they do something. Well, did y'all think they were going to wake up one morning and volunteer to help? When have we gone to the Justice Department in mass? But if we sit around waiting on them to break in the news and say, we've decided we're going to be nice to Negroes today, that ain't never happened. So based on what pressure is the Justice Department going to respond? And if we haven't put the pressure there, that's what the 16th is about. Come on in. Welcome this morning, Judge Greg Mathis joining us this morning. Come on in, Judge. Right over here. Right over here. Well, hangman news is old school too, but they're hanging them up. 
Albany and the North Carolina movement and the Georgia movement and brought it all to D.C. The March on Washington 63 was a culmination of local movements that came together, and that's what we've got to do on the 16th and going forward. And lastly, tomorrow at 2 o'clock, we're going to open up our Southern Regional Office of Nash Action Network here on People Street, and it will be the Atlanta chapter office as well as the Southern Region. We want everybody to be a part of that at 2 o'clock tomorrow. Uh, the address is on the back. All of you that are here in the Atlanta area are certainly invited to come and be our guest. We're going to be here all day. Dick Gregory is already here. He's doing the afternoon session. Uh, Ovi Kendrick's already here. Uh, we have great people lined up for you all day. I'm preaching tonight. And then our national board meetings in the morning, and we're going to cut the ribbon on the office. So we're off and running. But I want everybody to leave here. Let us stand up. Marcus Coleman, who has our land at the office, stand up. Some people already have given them names that want to do buses out of Atlanta. You, the different parts of the country, we need to give up. I told Freddie, Freddie Haynes and West Friendship did 21 buses to Gene. And he called home yesterday after I got Michael Bezos with him and said, that we got to do more than that for Washington. We cannot stop. They, are, they, they never saw Gina coming when we announced it. <laughs> they definitely need to be shook in Washington. Come on, and we should be able to do those numbers just right there in Virginia and Washington. We want to bring them from all over the country because, again, the Justice Department has not been hit right. So you can't expect them to volunteer something we have not really laid at their feet. When we went and met with John Conyers and the Congressional Black Caucus and went into the judiciary hearing, they're ready to move, but they need the pressure. The climate's got to come from the streets. They can't look like they trying to lead the fight. And uh, I think Conyers did a credible job, an incredible job, really, in the hearings. But again, where's the follow-up? And our people are ready. The leaders got to catch up with the people. I'll be ready. I'm on the air every day, 40 cities a day. People are ready. Where are we going next? And you can't keep leaving from behind. you got to be out front with the people. Your people are tired of this. So we need your help. Before Dr. Richardson introduces our speaker, I would like to hear some words from a brother that has really given uh, not only in image but in body. He's been there for the NAACP. He's been there for Rainbow Push. He's been there for us. And uh, he has used his celebrity to help fuel and drive movements, and he knows the law. And I think that it is a real uh, uh, testimony to his uh, leadership and his uh, use of, you know, there was a time that we could expect our leading celebrities to be connected to the movement. That has not been as often as it should be of late, but he has helped to lead that drive back uh, toward the tradition we're used to. And I think it would be appropriate if we hear some words from the one and only Judge Greg Mathis. Thank you. Reverend Sharkin, Pastor Haynes, and the other distinguished board of directors of Chairman Richardson and others, uh, let me thank you all for being so strong and standing strong coming out Wednesday morning. Many of you probably running late for work, but I'm glad to be here.
Christ Network. We don't want just you marching. We want you to know that being a good Christian requires you to march. You can't be a good Christian just being on prosperity. A good Christian means you got to pick up the cross and engage in the struggle. That's what it means to be a good Christian. And so I'm happy today to bring a young brother who has modeled that in his life. A young man who has modeled an understanding of Christianity that is engagement and transformation. A young brother who has been on the field a long time as a preacher, a particularly and gifted preacher, a member of the board of directors, a pastor of Friendship West Church, where they just built a nearly $60 million complex that is uh, a signal where for more than 10,000 members are uh, part of that congregation. He is sought after all over America and the world, highly trained and gifted, uh, comes out of the heritage of a preaching family, has a great tradition in his own spirit and in his own life. He came to us today after uh, being last night in Detroit, speaking last night, got up early this morning, caught a plane, got to go back to Detroit tonight and come back tomorrow for the board meeting. That shows you the kind of commitment that the people who are associated with this movement have. And I count him as one of my dear friends, and I count him as a great voice. Uh, I'm so happy that he is a popular preacher who is grounded in the civil rights tradition. That is clearly a blessing. Because, you know, popularity today can be grounded in anything. But, yeah, pr- grounded in prosperity. Popularity grounded in prosperity. But here, yeah. <laughs> Y'all heard what Greg said. The preacher the only one to prosper. <laughs> but this brother, this brother is about... Put out of here now. You have done good. You have done good now. <laughs> My brothers and sisters, I want you to prayerfully receive one of the clearest voices and sincere personalities in the pulpit today, Reverend Freddie Haynes III. Let us celebrate. last year to 
Sharpton and the National Action Network came to town uh, to show you how profound a difference, an impact, was made uh, by Reverend Sharpton. After he came, it was discovered uh, last year that there was a sister uh, in Greenville, Texas, by the name of Shaquanda Cotton, uh, 14 years old, who was unjustly excessively sentenced uh, to seven years uh, for pushing the teacher uh, there in the Greenville. The same judge sentenced a black girl to probation, basically let her off uh, for burning down a house. Uh, excessive sentencing for the sister, uh, and then the white girl, she basically went free. Well, when word got out that we were going to come together and bring Reverend Sharp into town, all of a sudden a meeting took place and Shaquanda was set free. And so it's good to have the threat of a Reverend Al Sharpton. And I'm always blown away by his prophetic brilliance, his courage. Uh, he's always on the case for us. And I echo the sentiments of Judge Mathis, who spoke eloquently. And I, and I really get tired of following Judge Mathis. I've, I've been on programs with him before. And when he got through, I had to pronounce the benediction. And so I don't like uh, getting up behind him. But uh, what Judge Mathis said is on target. And that is Reverend Al Sharpton is there for us. And my thing is, since he's got our back, we got to have his back. And uh, so we thank God for him. And that is why uh, we are committed uh, to bringing as many people as possible from Dallas to D.C. Uh, because it's important that we take a stand that we be seen uh, in a powerful way saying that justice uh, must be for all uh, in these yet-to-be United States of America. Now, uh, Dr. Oprah Hendricks is about to speak in a moment, so I basically should just introduce him. That's a bad brother right there. Uh, when you talk about theology, hermeneutics, I mean, you can't get no better than Oprah Hendricks. He is, he are bad. So, uh, and I know that we have uh, buried the N-word, so permit me to say he's a bad N-word. So, uh, we look forward uh, to what God will do uh, through him uh, in a matter of moments. I also want to give some major props to our host pastor, uh, Pastor McMichael. This is a marvelous, marvelous ministry here. Instead of 
of increasing funding for treatment, we instead continue to build more prisons. That is downright crazy. It's crazy that we have a president who is not elected but selected. As a matter of fact, whenever the selected president walks in, we must all rise and sing hail to the thief. But this president who was selected in the year 2000, sadly, sinfully, and shamefully has never served a moment of time in the military, and yet he has no problem whatsoever sending our children into a war that was misbegotten and has been mismanaged. Trillions of dollars are going to be spent on a war that we never should have gotten in in the first place. I declare it's a crazy war that has been mismanaged by a crazy president. This is a crazy world. If indeed the other planets are inhabited, I'm sure that this must be the insane asylum. There are crazy things that continue to go on, especially, my brothers and sisters, in our treatment, watch this, of injustice. I believe it was Grandmaster Flash in the Furious Five who declared how crazy this thing was back in the day. It's like a jungle. Sometimes it makes me wonder how I keep from going under. <laughs> it's like a jungle. Sometimes it makes me wonder how I keep from going under. And then Grandmaster said, don't push me because I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my... Y'all ain't been in church all your life. Yes. <laughs> 
Yeah, he 
unmitigated, arrogant audacity to declare the only reason that violence did not break out when thousands of us, and you know they can't count us. As a matter of fact, I've discovered they must count us like they counted in Scripture, 5,000 men, not including women and children. So evidently they missed a whole lot of us in their count. But we went down to Gina, and this delusional DA had the arrogant audacity to say the only reason that violence did not break out was because Jesus intervened. I wish I could talk to that delusional DA with his racist rhetoric and twisted, toxic thinking, because the sad thing is he didn't recognize we brought Jesus with us. As a matter of fact, we were on a mission from Jesus, because I don't know about you, but the Jesus I serve, put it this way, I've been anointed to preach good news to the poor, set the captives free, and heal those who are heartbroken. Y'all missed that. Jesus says, I am anointed. Can I stop right there? Because you can't turn on television without hearing about the anointing. The anointing destroys the yoke. The anointing will give you your card. Listen, the Jesus I read about was anointed and never drove a car. The Jesus I read about said, foxes have holes. Birds of the air have nests. The Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Anointing ain't got nothing to do with personal enrichment. Flight 
it comes from a dive, and all of a sudden he says some sisters uh, who work uh, that late shift, uh, they came through the door of this dive at 3 a.m. in the morning. Y'all missed that. Uh, some sisters uh, who work this shift at 3 o'clock in the morning came dressed uh, in their 3 a.m. clothes. They, they, they've been working, and y'all will catch that by next week. I, I know you're in the church, but, but they came in 3 o'clock in the morning, and when they came in at 3 a.m., according to Kim Polo, one of them leading the pack said, y'all know what? It's my birthday tomorrow. I forgot about that. Her friend then shouts back at her, what you want to do, throw you some kind of party? You just a whore. And once she said that, she said, I'm just trying to let y'all know it's my birthday. Turned around and exited. Tony Campolo saw that as an opportunity and said to the man who was the proprietor of this establishment, uh, does that crew come in here every night at this time? Yeah, they work this shift. They're here every night at this time. He said, well, so-and-so is going to be here tomorrow, right? Yeah, it's her birthday. She just said that. Well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to throw a party for her at 3 o'clock in the morning. And so everybody who was still in there said, that's a good idea, cooling the gang. And they began to organize a party. Some got the streamers. Others got the birthday cake. Others got the presents. Next day, flash, fast forward. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. And guess what? The women of the evening working their shift, they make their way in, led by the birthday girl. And when she walks in, the crowd in there, led by Campolo, hollers out, surprise, happy birthday. Y'all, she is towed up from the flow up. This has never happened to her before. She begins to cry and says, for me, yes, for you, Campolo shouts back. And then she says, nobody has ever done anything this nice for me. I never knew my father. My mother rejected me. No one has ever reached out to me like this. Would you mind if I take this birthday cake back to my room? I want to enjoy it for just a little while longer. Well, what about your presence and your party? I'll be back, but let me enjoy this for just a moment. And y'all, she immediately makes a U-turn, heads out, and by now the crowd is just stunned. What do we do now? Campolo says, y'all, it's a party. Let's go ahead and enjoy the party. And then he said, before we eat, though, we've got to say grace. Lord, we thank you for this food. We're about to receive Christ's sakes. Amen. Check this. The proprietor then looked at him and said, hold on. You are a Christian? He said, yes, I'm a Christian. Well, what kind of church do you go to? That's the kind of church I want to go to. He said, I go to the kind of church that throws birthday parties for whores at 3 o'clock in the morning. God, give us the kind of faith and religion that is not so uppity and stuck up and snobbish that we don't reach down to those who are least and last and lost. I got one more and I'm out of here. Number three, and I'm done. Finally, the text lets us know. Watch God, because God has an awesome way of giving you a vision of may of, a, of, of just possibilities in the face of the darkness of injustice. Amos says, let justice roll down like waters, righteousness as an ever-flowing stream. Y'all missing this. This is metaphorical language. He, he is, in a real sense, using metaphors to convey a message. He's using picturesque phraseology in order for them to see what he's saying. You didn't shout. Amos is using justice as he's using the uh, mighty waters as a metaphor for justice and an ever-flowing stream as an analogy for righteousness. Amos says, I want you to envision just possibilities in the darkness of the injustice you find yourself being confronted by. 
comes and says, I know you want flowers, and let me tell you where you get the best flowers. If you ain't got no problems getting flowers from black people, there is one florist in town, and they have the best flowers, the prettiest flowers. I don't know how they do it, but they got the prettiest flowers everywhere. And y'all know what happened. The woman, the widow of the race that goes to the florist, and when she walks in, sure enough, it's her neighbor. And she says, how did you get such pretty flowers? Y'all have the most beautiful flowers, and now you have your own business. Where'd you get these pretty flowers from? Oh, baby, that's because of your dead husband. You see, he had his horses to do to own our property every single day.
Thank you. 
that I did. 
Hey, y'all, you got me in the hospital. Driving the train this evening now. We just about uh, going to wrap it up at uh, two minutes this evening. We're going to be back with you next day. And now I thought we'll be more prepared for this hour. So until then, y'all, go watch the, the final of Mars Madness. Everybody's giving part of this stuff. I would pay any attention to it. Yeah, we're going to tell, tell, tell uh, your friends about the Hushmo Black Forum. Go to my website, hushmoblack.com, buy my new book, Racism and American American Reality. And my first book, The Water Boy, The Life and Trials of Jimmy C. Cameron, was up to be found on land or wherever fan books are sold. Go to hushmoblack.com. You can find there. Both paperback and Hey, y'all, that's going to do it for us. We're going to cut out of here. Until next week, ciao. Y'all be good. The Hushmo Black Forum, advocated on your behalf by covering news and events affecting the African-American community. Check us out at the Hushmo Black Forum, www.blogtalkradio.com. <laughs>